Information about the world of running, inspiration to fuel passion and excellence, and ideas for making connections and finding community. You're listening to A to Z Running. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the A to Z Running Podcast. I am Andy. With Zach. And we have just completed our three foundations in our past three episodes of running and thriving as a runner. So if you have not listened to those three episodes, and the order is not essential, but it does kind of matter in the way we laid them out, go back and listen to episode 39, 40, and 41, the three running foundations. So we're talking about what does it take to thrive as a runner? And we broke it into the three most important parts as far as we see it. And certainly a good volume of the literature out there seems to agree with those kinds of things. So we broke it down for you. We laid it out in three episodes. And then what we're going to try to do here in the next several episodes is we're going to try to come back to those things with examples and with ideas from practitioners, from runners and athletes, from personal trainers and physical therapists. And we're going to just try to bring the people to you who work in these ways and share those things with you. And also coming soon. So in August, we're going to be publishing the guide itself and it will be available on Amazon, some other ways to get that there then. And if you subscribe, you can access for a limited time when it comes out totally free. Woohoo. And that'll be exciting. But you have to be a subscriber, which is also free. And this week, I'm so excited, Zach. We have Abdi Abnaraman on the podcast. We're going to hear from, this is now his fifth Olympic team, that he will be going and competing at the Olympic Games in Tokyo when that happens next summer. So we just mentioned that we've got some examples then from the pros, literally, about how these kinds of things that we laid out in the running foundations. Well, Abdi's going to be talking about training at the highest level. And he's going to be talking about um, a couple of different things that, you know, it, it's the kind of stuff that we probably think we know, but to hear it from his lips and to hear him say how that helped him get to five different Olympic games, mm-hmm. it's going to matter. So mm-hmm. Abdi Abdurrahman is here to share. But before we hear from him, we want to touch on some recent news in the world of running. The first installment of the Movement Race Series happened this past weekend. There was an Elite 10K and 1500. So this is something that's being put on specifically by Molly Seidel's coach. Uh, What's his name? John Green, I think is his name. And um, why is her name something we should all be recognizing right now is because she was second place in the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials. Mm -hmm. And it was her first marathon right yes her debut marathon and she finishes second in the olympic marathon trials which is just an outstanding performance also it's molly seidel's comeback because Mm -hmm. she's been at the top of the game yeah collegiate ncaa national Mm -hmm. champion all of those things and then she had a rough patch and now she's back now she's back. So in the women's 1500, Dana Girodanu from the Boston Association, she ran uh, the 1500 in a time of 4.10. And it was 88 degrees. And the next one behind nice. her was 30 seconds behind her. Yeah. So, so clear, <laughs> clearly there wasn't a race happening there. That was a time trial. That solo was, effort. That's impressive. That's good stuff. To pull out that time. And that's that's just a hair off of some of the qualification standards. She would need to be a handful of seconds faster for a qualifying performance. But that, that's not a bad time trial for sure. Not at all. 
Men's 10K, Abdi Abdeshamand from Hanson's Brooks ran 28.59. That was the winning time. And he was right in front of teammate from Hanson's Zach Panning, who was a Grand Valley grad not long ago. So that was last year. He graduated from Grand Valley State University. And so a name that many around here have heard or seen in some results and uh, now running for Hanson. So Zach ran 29.06. Uh, not far behind his teammate there. The women's 10K on the track, Kira D'Amato, who we are having on the podcast next week. So this is really exciting for a lot of reasons. But Kira is, we just talked about Molly's comeback. Kira's looking at a 10-year dearth before coming back, like literally left the sport for 10 years and decided, yeah, I want to do this a little bit more, and ran 15.04 in a solo 5K time trial. It wasn't like a eh. It was like a, I'm going to ramp up. Like, I, she ran in the trials. Yeah. Like She's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm deciding to run and take this thing seriously again. And it's been amazing because she has killed it. She's crushing it. So She's we have it. her on the podcast next week. But we had to talk about her now as well because when we interviewed her for the podcast was actually prior to this race. So she was telling us that something was coming. Yeah, that she couldn't talk about. She couldn't talk about because it was secret. (laughs) But it happened. It did. And she smoked it. Kira won over Olivia Pratt in a time of 32-33. And Molly Seidel was hit by a dog on a run, and she injured her shoulder. Okay, okay. So she was supposed to run it. She put on this event, and the only information- No, stop, stop. She was hit by a dog? I guess. What does that even mean? Does that mean someone threw a dog across the street and it struck her while she was... Because it hit her on the shoulder. Did a dog do a diving leap and smack her? I don't know. Was this like that police dog? Have you ever seen the McGruff police dog? You know, standing on two legs and just reached out and sucker punched her in the shoulder while she was running by? How do you get hit by a dog? I don't know. All right. We need an explanation. Yeah, it, it was... This is all like information through instagram stories so yeah not I, highly reliable sources of news sorry. and information but we're gonna figure this out we will we will by time this episode goes out it probably will be so molly was putting on this event in order to get a fast race going that was obviously the effort here and it's just unfortunate that she wasn't able to well you know her coach was putting it on but she wasn't able to actually come out and race mm-hmm. so whatever the story is there we do want to know a little bit more about it so we can actually share with you what 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 really happened? And hopefully it didn't like put her out That's because the you know she's our team USA marathon Olympian. Yeah, we really don't want her shoulder to be injured, but we, we do want to know how a dog hits you in the shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So another meet that was going on was this is actually it was kind of like a tri meet. So any of you high schoolers out there who have run tri meets where it's like three teams all competing against each other in some weird format, um, this is that that kind of idea. Obviously, it's not exactly like that. But um, Pete Julian, who is the assistant coach of the Nike Oregon project and so now the athletes that were working with him when that whole thing got shut down that Salazar's thing that got shut down so his athletes continued to work with him um, because he was not part of all that mess and um, so his group now is what they're calling it Pete Julian's group and then they're running against some of the Brooks Beasts athletes which is um, based out of like Seattle and that's 
a track focused group. You know, we haven't really talked a lot about them because they're focused on like middle distance predominantly, but uh, very successful middle distance group. And they're also running against the Nike Oregon Track Club, who had a few athletes out there. So that's the, that's your three teams or groups that were competing. And it just wasn't, you know, you look at the times and performances and it wasn't uh, earth shattering like the Barman Track Club stuff was the other day, but um, certainly some decent performances. Shannon Rowberry came out and ran 840 in the 3K. You nice. probably don't know a ton about her because um, she hasn't been on the map lately. Uh, but, you know, certainly she's she's broken uh, several American records in different yeah. things, but they're all getting broken. So she, she doesn't hold, I think she holds like one or two still. But this performance definitely shows that Rowberry's in good form and certainly on her way to some great fitness if she can continue this training up. Obviously during this time, you know, that you don't have a lot of great opportunities to race. So we'll see what she can do when there are more and more races. And just one final bit of unfortunate news which is, as many of you know, already know, the Chicago Marathon has also canceled. So that leaves London as the last remaining majors for the year. But all signs are pointing to that canceling in a very likely uh, scenario because already other major marathons in the area, like the Manchester Marathon, has announced that it's canceling. And that's like right around the same date mm. as the London Marathon, too. So, yeah, not a lot of hope for any big races this fall. Well, we're going to raise your spirits today with a five-time Olympian, as we mentioned earlier, Abdi. He will be on the show after this short break. Abdurrahman is a five-time now Olympian. Five times? Yeah. Who has an outstanding resume. We could do a whole show just talking about his resume, but we're not going to do that. We're going to let him speak. But I do want to mention that he won the World Cross Country Championships five times in a row. Five times in a row. Crazy. Crazy. He has competed in the Olympics in the 10K and the marathon, so he is a full-on distance runner. And at 43, he is now the oldest American runner to ever make the Olympic team. Crazy career. Like, this is just, this is the kind of conversation that you just want to be able to have and hear because you're, you're getting the perspective that you cannot get any other way than talking to someone who has done this at the highest level for decades. Yes. And that's just not easy to do in this sport. And, and he has and continues to do, which is just incredible. And Abdi has had top three finishes at major marathons, too. So he continues to show up, this continuous drive to continue on. And he said, I want to make, in our interview, he says, I want to make another Olympic team. I wanted to make another Olympic team. And then he went and he conquered it. And he was seated 11th for the Olympic team trials. Yeah, really something. Um, he, he's, he will say that, you know, people looked at him as the guy who... You know, yeah, it could be a top five, top ten finish and such, but he wasn't the person that people would be like, he's definitely in top three caliber because it's easy to overlook the person who, you know, in a sense, has just always been there. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that. But he's always shown up. You can't do Not that. Not always always been there. He's like always Not shown up. Not even just that. Yeah, it was yeah. only a few years ago that he was third in the New York, New York Marathon. Mm-hmm. So... 
This is such a great conversation. I think you're going to thoroughly enjoy it. But I just want to remind you that one of the things we're trying to draw out of the conversation here is what does it take to train at the highest level and take the lessons from that as what are the universal truths about training well that we all need to be thinking about. And he gives us some great perspectives there. Without further ado, our interview with Abdi. Well, hi, Abdi. Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really excited to talk to you here. Um, obviously, you know, one of the big highlights is having now made your fifth Olympic team. And our audience, just so you know, Abdi, our audience is really familiar with the lead up to the 2020 Olympic trials. We did a lot of preview about it and talked about the athletes, yourself included. And then we yeah. did quite a bit of a recap after the race talking about um, some of the, you know, some of the unexpected things, some of the expected things, you know, all of those kinds of we things. We always expected you, Abdi, in case you wondered. <laughs> we were, we were, uh, we were rooting for you. Yeah, for sure. Oh, thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Uh, but we do, you know, we do want to hear a little bit of your take on some of that. And in our conversation here, Abdi, we also just kind of want to navigate through, uh, what training has looked like for you. So you now are the, the oldest U S Olympic athlete, uh, for running, to qualify for the games, and you've been at the highest possible end of the sport for over 20 years now. And so we really want to hear from you how training has been now versus you know 20 years ago, how that's evolved a bit, um, and then just kind of get your take on what are the most important things in your experience, what are the most important things in training. So our, I guess our first question, let's just talk about you because you are a champion. You know, you're, this is your fifth Olympics. You've been doing this a really long time. Talk to us about your beginnings in the sport. Yeah, you know, I, I, to be honest, like, you know, like as, a, as a, like American, a lot of American kids or, you know, they start running in junior high, elementary school, you know, they always, they always look back, their parents taking them to the, you know, to the cross country meet, you know, like, Tuesday city meet, you know, they start at the young age. Uh, I'm, I different, I, for me myself, I took a different path. You know, I didn't have the parents who took me to the, you know, the track meet Tuesday, like, you know, junior high, all that stuff. So I started running just because I have a lot of friends who did sports. And, and that's when I was in college, actually junior college, who did different sports. Some of them play soccer, basketball, you know, football, and we used to meet every every afternoon after the after we finish our classes by two o'clock. We meet out at the cafeteria, and by three thirty, everybody will just go to practice, and only the guy who left at the cafeteria will be me, just sitting there and just ready to go home. But and and I have just at that time I've decided I want to do some sports too, so I can be just similar with my friends when they go to practice. I can go to practice too, and. That's when I joined at the Pima Community College track team, and mm -hmm. I just walked in first day. Coach told me to come back, uh, you know, next day. And when I came back next day, he gave me a – he didn't give me actually anything. He just told me to go around with the guys at uh, five miles, and I was wearing a jeans and <laughs> a pair of rackboard boot, and I finished second, and that was the beginning of my career. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's quite and the that's start. How I started, yeah, that's how I started running and just – Things from there, I just uh, remember that even the same, that was Tuesday when I ran with the team on that same Friday, we have a track meet at the Pima Community College. So I ran the 5,000 meter, I, I won the 5,000 meter. So, you know, that was 
You started out a winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no turning back after that. There's no coach that's yeah. going to let you not continue to compete after doing that. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. So how did that feel for you? So the sport itself, what does the sport itself mean to you? And has it always come naturally to you? I, you know, like, to be honest, like, uh, running come natural to me, to be honest. I, in running, I never even realized you can go, uh, you can become a pro runner for me. Just at the end of the day, I was just trying to, you know, just trying to be just one of the guys who did sports in college or just when my friends go to practice, I can go to practice. You know, just I just want to fit in our, in our little group we had. And just it just came to natural to me, you know. I just, and I always enjoy running. I never looked at something hard, you know. Just and I think it was a God-given talent. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So you made a splash at the NCAA level at Arizona. Um, you know, the transfer from JUCO to you know the NCAA school. What uh, what was the the change like for you going from into such a serious setting? You know, a really highly competitive environment like that. Yeah, and, you know, it was totally different, to be honest. You know, just coming from the Pima Community College, which was uh, NJCAA, which is the competition, I wouldn't say it was easy. I think it was even was hard because I used to run against Central Arizona, like a plain community college. They have a lot of foreigner athletes, you know, a lot of the guys who came from who come from Kenya, come from all, all, all around the world, you know, just the guys who come from British, you know, just going to Central Arizona and who run some great times. Mm-hmm. You know, just, but the competition wasn't easy, but like the organization, the coaching wise, like the atmosphere was totally different. It was kind of like, you know, just coming from a junior college, which is the budget is a couple thousand dollars going to a division one school like University of Arizona, but you have mm-hmm. a couple million dollars, you know, just you have the facility, yeah. you have the sponsorship with the shoe company, you will get everything that you will ever wanted. And, you know, just, and everything was organized. You are not like, you have a training room, you have like someone, you have like a dietitian, you have psychology, you have all that stuff. We're yeah. just kind of like, to be honest, like it helped a lot, but it was, I never used it because all oh, it just for me, when it comes to like involvement with running a lot of other stuff, it just makes me, it makes for me that much complicated. So I, I always try to keep it as simple as I can, you know, just even if I'm feeling something, I try not to go to the training room, even though some of the guys will always before, before practice, they will go to training room, go to hot and cold, you know, do all the massages, get ultrasound. It's just, for me, it was just like, I just always try and just go to practice, just go run. And that's the way I kept it up almost up my whole career, unless, I'm, unless I have a major injury and then, and then I was sick for treatment. Sure. Well, and that's, I appreciate that, uh, just that insight, Abdi, you know, trying to keep it simple. Um, in many ways, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the encouragement in the sport of running is that it is simple, so it's accessible to anybody. You know, anybody can try to take up the sport of running if you can, you know, if you can get up on your two feet. And you made a comment in an interview not terribly long ago um, about the importance of just, you know, when when you need it, take the rest day. You know, t- take it easy when you need to take it easy. Um, and that kind of that point that you're making there, where you know, if if there's a problem, you know, ad- address it, do something about it. But you don't, you're not trying to make more out of the problems either you know trying to make it too complicated yeah and that's true you know just like there's so so many times i have a lot of injury you know just like i have a you know uh i was sidelined a calf injury in in 2016 olympic trials 
which I was really, really ready. I thought I would have been a would have been a good race. Just I thought I would have made the team, you know, because just uh, just of my fitness and what I have done leading to a, leading that trials. But the, I have the cap injury. I could have done get surgery, do uh, But you know, just at the end of the day, it's just a sign of your body saying like, hey, just back up, just like. Mm. And the, I could have, I could have taken like crush and whatever they call those things, big shot you take, the shots you take when you have a big injury. Yeah. Just, yeah. I could have, I could have done, but I just didn't want to do that. And I say, you know what? I don't want to damage my body. I say, you know, I will let it heal by itself. And you know what? If this is my last Olympics, I already made four Olympics. Thank, you know, it's good. But after trials, a month later, I was okay. And I was back to training in 2016. Mm. At the end of that year, you know what? Hey, I ran the New York City Marathon and I finished third. Yeah. And, you know, it just, I, it just don't make it complicated. You know, just if you need a rest, just rest. And the, I asked the doctor and I said, do I have to have a surgery? He said, no, you, all you need a rest, but you can take other shots. But also he said, come with also like a side effect. You say you can like, you can tear your calf and you can be more running a marathon. You know, just mm-hmm. you can, you can isolate the pain, but the damage will be there. Mm. And okay. that will take you a long time to recover. He said, do you want to get the benefit of this? And say, even you can make the Olympic team, but you won't be able to run it because of if you damage it more. So it yeah. can be worse. Okay. And I say, you know, I'll, I'll just take it time off. And, <laughs> and I went to the trials and watched the trials. And, yeah. you know, had a good time. I came back home a month later. I was back to training and ran New York City Marathon. Yeah. That and, is awesome. And, and did a great job, right, as you said. That, which is incredible. Um, just the, the the patience in. So at that time, even you know, you said it. You had made a four Olympic teams. You were going for five in a row, which you know by itself would have been just a paramount accomplishment too. Um, but yet, you know, to have the the patience to say, well, this isn't the time, and we'll try again when I'm ready. And then you did, and then you and made then your fifth you Olympic did. team. <laughs> So that perspective, I want, I want to try to zoom out just a little bit to um, just training on the whole then. You know, certainly there are certain aspects of training for, for runners that uh, are, are very important. You know, the, the essential things that probably everyone needs to be attending to. So, you know, in, in that sense, we're trying to lay out um, some of the most fundamental things. But the question we have for you is what do you feel like are the most important things about training? The most important thing about training is for me, uh, I have to say consistency. It just, uh, you know, and, and also like, you know, and also listening to your body, you know, at the end of the day, you're a human being, you know, like if you tired, it just, your body is just sending you a sign. Like I'm not talking about tired, just like waking up in the morning and then say, I don't feel like running. I don't call that. I don't call that one tired to be honest. That is just like, you know, you just need to get out the door. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm talking about when I say tired, it's just like when you just go running and you like 10, 15 minutes into the run and your body's not responding and you're just not hitting the times and just like, and even if you had a workout and you're not hitting your times, it's just like, uh, like don't, don't hesitate to say, okay, I'm, I don't have it today and my body's not feeling instead of just pushing on. And if you do the workout and even if you push it, you're not going to feel, you're not going to recover. Mm-hmm. So for me, my, but always was just listening to my body. If I need to recover, just like take the recovery day. Just you can always adjust the workouts. That's the that's the beauty. That's the beauty about running. Mm-hmm. You can always adjust the workouts. It's not like something you have to do. You have to just like it's not something you have to follow. You know, adjusting 
is a great thing if you're not feeling well and just you'll have a better workout than you expect actually and and also like a, for me like a, I always say this recovery is also part of training taking a day off you can you can benefit more taking a day off than running a day you know just and I'm not saying to take a day off all the time if you if, if you've been running for 14 days straight and you're trying to get that 15th day you can run that 15 day, but it won't do you any good. If you take a day off, my even do you better than that running day. So that's just the way I look at it. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. So you must be pretty in tune with knowing what's going on in your body and what things are, are, are maybe like you can push through what things you should back off on. How did you become so in tune with your body? I, you know, I just, uh, at the end of the day, I've been running for over, 20 no, no, over plus 20 plus years you know 25 years if you do if you if you've been running 25 plus years and you don't know how you feel <laughs> what kind of day are you having if you need a rest there's something wrong with you you know you need <laughs> at least i can at least like i'm like you know just like if you're working for a company and most of the stuff you do every daily basis that's your job and you know what you need to do. sometimes and if you've been there for 25 years and you've been doing the same thing same work you can do it with your eyes closed yeah. and just that's the way i look at it the running too you know i've been running for 25 years i know when i'm having a good day i know when i'm having a bad day and sometimes i know what's what's more beneficial take a day off or keep running mm-hmm. and also you know and also like I just I just don't train all year around. Like I pick my races, you know, just I'm always training for something. And if I'm not training for something that I'm trying to let my body recover. Yeah. At the same time, that maintaining that fitness and let the body recover too. That, that's always something people do forget. They think like more you do, the more mileage you do, the it doesn't work that way. Just there's a time and place when you need to do you build up. And there's a time and place when you just need to recover. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. What uh, What do you feel like? So, 25 years. I, I appreciate that you're saying that, Abdi. That you know, you just you've been doing this for long enough that it, you you just know. Um, what do you feel like are the kinds of things that you've been doing in training that have most kind of brought you forward? So, you know, you think about um, the gains that you've made in all of these years, but then also you know, you may not necessarily be running a PR right now than you were from four years ago or five or six or seven years ago, um, but you're still making progress, you know, achieving Olympic trials and all of those kinds of things. What are you doing in training that you feel like best moves you forward? Yeah, you know, like uh, on, on the, at the same time, I I look back, you know, just at the end of the day, when you are, when you are the distance runner you and you've been doing all the, you know, the fitness is not something that you lose, you know, you can like like a distance running it's just like a, it's a mileage that you build you know just like i'm i know my strength my strength is i can i can run like you know 20 plus miles easy you know just not easy but i can you know for me three four weeks of training i can get into the marathon training rhythm but for me like at the end of my like at this not the, at the end of my career I'm, i mean like toward the end of my career like especially right now past couple of years i kind of changed my training i don't do as much as much miles that i used to do when i was younger mm-hmm. like and now i'm more focused on like you know fast twitch muscles you know like speed like kind of a little bit faster than marathon pace but a shorter distance you know just i don't do like a 
marathon distance, my long run, usually, I used to do 26 plus months, but I do a lot of 20 milers, like a 35K, 36K, but almost at the marathon pace. Yeah. So less, but faster. And also my tempo runs instead of 15 miles, just I get down to like eight to 10 miles, like way faster than marathon pace. So I can feel comfortable when I run a marathon and I don't do, you know, I try not to do like the longest tempo I will do is 10 miles because of like the recovery of it. It just takes mm-hmm. so long, especially when you do like the, almost this marathon speed. A lot of people do stimulation of a, like doing like a 40 K almost marathon speed. You can do that when you're like a 20 plus 20 years, 25 or 30. But when you get to the certain age, man, it's kind of, it takes a while to recover at yeah. the end of the day, you know, running, running 26 miles so close to five minute pace it's just like it's it's almost a marathon and you're running the same pace so it, it's going to take you like a time and a lot of people don't understand that doing that like a three weeks up or four weeks of marathon you already did a marathon and you have another one coming in a yeah. few weeks yeah, yeah. so point. and that's something i learned you know toward my career and just and it just you know at the end of the day you learn things you just learn how your body work and for me just i want to be fresh you know i do I don't do anything that close to marathon pace, like four weeks out of marathon, like everything comes down, like just long run. It's like, I don't do any distance I do for a time. I just go like two hours run, just like easy, just get the distance moving on my time. Just that's it. Yeah. Well, if I can kind of, I feel like I could summarize or synthesize a lot of what you've said so far in this conversation, Abdi, has everything to do with training in a way so that you can be fully recovered and totally rested by the time the next hard thing you want to do, you know, the next quality training you want to do, you need to be totally recovered. So you train in such a way. So that's possible. Exactly. And, and that's the, that's the whole purpose of training. Mm-hmm. You, the training is not like to beat up your body. You want to get the benefit of the workout. Mm-hmm. And if you don't go to the workout, without feeling fresh or ready to run or enjoy the workout or just you going through just emotion, you won't get the benefit of the workout. The whole thing is just come to workout, recover and ready to go. And that's when you get the benefit. And just like, and that's the whole purpose of training. Otherwise you will be just like, we can all run every day, just like as far as we until we get tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and so that's rich. This is so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's why, and that's the reason we have the coaches and we have someone who guard us and does their job to lead us to the, you know, to the way we want to go as like, if, if the race goes there, you know, just at the end of the day and as an athlete, you have to be vocal because at the end of the coach can, can write the program and design it, but you're the one who have to tell him how you're feeling and what you're capable of, you know, just like, if you just show up every day, just say, okay, I'm ready to go like trying to be the warrior and you get to the, you come into the race and you kapooped. You have the best work. You have the best work at the best thing that passes everything. Like, like, you know, the workers in, in workout, you don't have to do your best of everything. You know, just at the end of the day, you want to, you want to get out of, you want to, you want to feel good, finish, finish good. And when you finish workout, you feel like you're capable of doing more. When you come to the race, that's when you want to have your best day. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's that, so that's good. Great. And speaking of racing and having a great day <laughs> and, you know, beating all your competition, I know that our listeners would be mad at me not to ask you about the Olympic trials and how that unfolded this year. 
So would you mind walking us through that race a bit? Yeah, you know, I, at the Olympic trials, it was, you know, it was, that year was up almost four years, like since 2016. Actually, I wouldn't say 2016. That's the, that's the day I decided I'm going to make that team and I'm going to do whatever it takes to make that team. And, and that day was uh, November, I think, 4th, when I got 30 New York City Marathon. And I said, you know what? And at that, I was just getting ready to do something else in life. I, if that race room went a different way, I, could have, I wouldn't be sitting here and talking to you guys. Mm-hmm. But at that day when I got there and I said, you know what? I just finished a world major marathon top three. Say, you know what? I can finish top three at the U.S. trials four years from now. Yeah. And at the end, yeah. And, and it wasn't easy. I wouldn't tell you it was easy. It was easy road. It was one of the hardest roads I did. But I did everything in my power to get there healthy because I have run in many races leading to the leading into the trials. Like I have run New York City Marathon, I have run Boston Marathon. I dropped out New York City Marathon in 2018. You know, there's a lot of things that went wrong when I finished. It just, things didn't go well. But at the end of the day, I knew my goal. I already said my goals and I knew where I was looking at it. Just those things was just, a, just was steps that I, have to, that I have to take to get where I want to get. And where I want to get was the Olympic trials in healthy and ready to go. And, you know, and I have a, and I have a great, great group of uh, training partners who helped me out get there and just, you can love ones. And there's a lot of people that will sacrifice me, you know, just my coach, my friends, my girlfriend. It's just, it's, it's not easy. It just, but I put the work on it and I believed in myself coming to Atlanta. I have run Atlanta many times. Mm-hmm. The B3, I have finished top three, two, when it was international races. But it just that was, I think it was just how much I wanted. And just, and, and when people say, some people say, oh, Abdi, you know, he'd be okay. He's, you know, just, uh, you know, he's 43 years old. If he's, he can finish top five, top 10, you know, that would be a good day for him. And that just that give me some extra motivation, you know, just <laughs> training for marathons is not the easiest thing. And sometimes you do need a motivation. And when people count me up, and even some athletes didn't give me the credit I deserve it. So, you know what, I just keep my mouth shut and listen to what the people were saying and put the work. And I have to come to the Atlanta and I say, you know what, if I come to Atlanta in one piece and healthy, you know, just, and it was just one of those days, you know, I just, I have to say in marathon, you need everything going on your way. Coming to Atlanta, I have everything. I, you know, I, I would say I was lucky. Just it was just one of those marathons. I trained well and I came there. Have would have no problem with my body. I was feeling great. Just everything was all I had to do. Just have a good race, and I did. And I just mm-hmm. ran my own race. I could have been second that race. You know, it just I could have gone with Galen, but I knew what I was running and just the pace. How, and I said, you know what? It's a lot of guys who are running, so mm-hmm. I just. Let, and it's going to be a strength runner so and just from 15 months i know it's going to be uh it's going to be one of those grinded races so i just yeah. i just yeah and i just grinded the last five miles thank god that's it that's it uh could you just react to three moments in the race um so the the three moments I'm curious about the first is when those guys took off early in the race. You know they just those I don't even remember who it was. They just took off really early on. The second moment when Galen broke away, and then finally the third moment when the group kind of started to fragment. You know the, whoever was chasing started to fall apart a bit. 
So what were you thinking in those three different points in the race? Yeah, you know, to be honest, like like the first point, you know, like uh, the first two guys who took the lead about like uh, six, seven miles, I think they took off. And I knew like just because the main, all the main competitors were there, to be honest, mm-hmm. like uh, Galen was there, Jerry Ward was there, everybody was there. So I, I did not panic. And I didn't know how fast they were going because I knew they were going fast because I usually, like, one thing about me, um, I'm a rhythm runner. I don't wear a watch when I'm racing. I don't wear no watch, nothing. I just run the way I feel. Yeah, so just I wasn't worried. So I didn't know how fast we were going, how fast we were going, but I knew we were running. We were running pretty good pace. What the rhythm was just, and I see just like, and I saw two guys go. It just was two against the rest of the group. So I decided to stay with the rest of the group. I said, I'm not going to make a mistake because they're going to come back sooner or later unless something magical happens. So <laughs> the second one, when we start breaking, Galen went and then uh, Maya went with him and the guy from Atlanta track went with him and they, they followed Galen. And at that time, I don't know what pace they were running, but I know I was running pretty good pace. And if I go with them, I will be redlining myself. Mm-hmm. Just the main thing. And there was about 14th mile or 14, little over 14, 15 miles from there. So I just, I say, you know, when this is the race, this is when you start running your own race. I say, don't red light, just stay comfortable, stay calm. It's a long, it's more than 10 miles to go. So I just like, for me, it didn't even take me that long just to get back to the group because I was running on my own pace and I just passed them and I was, I, I was sixth, seventh place. I went all the way to third place, third to fourth. And then me and Maya ran together all the way until we get like a 20 miles, 21 miles. And I just, I could have gone, but I was running afraid just because oh, Galen's already gone. We can't see him. And there's a three of us and two spots left. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's when you... That you have to play your you have to play your cards right you know that's when you're playing chess you know just and it's a marathon marathon you can be feeling good within a next mile you be hit you hit the wall and that's happened to me before and I have that experience so I just try not to do anything that will cost me or cost me the race or just you know make me I want to run where I feel comfortable all the time I just I'm I'm I'm, I'm in I'm under control I'm controlling the race the race is not controlling me. Mm. I want to I want to be comfortable where if someone make a move I can follow them or just run the same pace and also I could have gone a little bit earlier but I was running afraid so to be honest just like I didn't want to lose spot mm-hmm. I didn't want to be that guy who go out like 20 miles and then you know you never know I could have gone and then just maybe got second clearly but I just play safe and I stay with them stay with them when, when Jake Riley came and he was pushing uh, just like, and still that never made me clear to make the team. Mm-hmm. I was still with Jake and Leonard career. And I was not afraid of Jake actually to be honest that much because I was more afraid of Leonard career because I knew what Leonard career is capable of doing and what he has done as a half marathon. And he has run like 207 just a few months before that. So I was just, I was just, for me, it was like, instead of going to, I was running for a second, for a third, second, whatever. And, you know, what, and to be honest, like uh, Jake, make a, he made a move a little bit and we dropped Leonard and when Leonard kind of fall back and I kind of realized Leonard wasn't running well on the hill. So that's when I started pushing. Like, mm-hmm. I started 
I start, you know, I start pushing at the hills just so I can get a little bit more space, more. But still, I wasn't clear un- until even like 100 meters to go, I wasn't clear. So it's, I was always running scared. Mm-hmm. And just thank God, you know, we kind of got away from him. Like 800 meters to go, he was still coming. And just, uh, but I was still ready to go if he come. If he comes, I was expecting him to come, to be honest. I don't know why through this day. I say, you know what? He's going to come anytime. And so I was just, I was just prepared. And that's when I get behind uh, Jake Riley. So, so he doesn't see me where I was. I was just stuck behind right there. So yep. when he comes, I would just go outside and then we'll sprint together, me and Leonard Korea, and then I can be top three. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole thing was going through my head. It wasn't like I didn't feel safe until I crossed the finish line. That's really that's and it's an incredible because in the marathon, you know, late in the race is the hardest time to to be alert. You know, your your head yeah. is not the part that's necessarily hurting, but you're just distracted by the pain and you're distracted by just how yeah. long you've been. And so that's it's amazing to me that you were just you were having to be that dialed in, even a hundred meters left in the race, and you're still having to think about it. That's crazy. Oh yeah, you know I was I don't know it just to be honest it was one of those races I just run with my heart and I knew what I need I knew what I what I need to do to get top three or just to make that team and I wasn't taking. I wasn't taking anything to get the fourth place. I, w- I was going to do whatever it takes to, to get that top three. It just, I don't know why. It just, I never been focusing the race in my life than that, the other trials. Yeah. It just one of those races, just I say, you know, I wasn't like, I say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going back. I'm, I'm going back home as an Olympian. Just, and that never crossed my mind until the last, like I was more focused on the last six, five miles than I was all race. I was no my surrounding. I knew the hills and, and I never run the course. I don't know how fast I was running. I was just a pure competition. That What an incredible, and, and there you are, you know, five Olympic games mm. for spanning 20 plus years at the top world-class athletics like that's just what a career so far i don't you know we don't want to say this is it what a career so far that was a great showing and i am so grateful that you walked us through that because that is super intriguing to me like how zach was saying that you're like dialed in you know like you need to run your own rhythm and what things cost you like when you were talking about like i didn't want to pound the hills because i know it would cost me and i need to be able to go when it's time so like all of that, you're like running is simple, but you are the master. This whole like, you know, the race mentality, what you need to do, knowing your body, the rhythm of the race is all very profound and is like excellent uh, advice. Even as I look toward doing like a steady state run, what's my mind like? I'm not going to let the steady state run control me. I'm controlling the steady state run. So yeah, taking yeah. that mentality into, you know, everyday runners uh, is very this is this is great stuff. So we appreciate you sharing that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences here with us, sharing with our audience. And, um, you know, th- this has been such an incredible journey. And so, um, you know, we can we can learn so many things from both 
your example and the things that you've done, Abdi, as well as um, it, it's just been so valuable to get in your head a bit and hear what you know, you're yeah. thinking as you're going through all of that. So we appreciate your time. Thank mm-hmm. you for being willing to share with us. We'll keep our audience updated, of course, on, on your journey to Tokyo and what that will look like for you. Um, so, yeah, we'll be linking to information of how they can follow you if they don't already. <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. That was rich. That was golden. What Abdi said about knowing and listening to your body really stuck with me because I think Mm. I'm very guilty of seeing feedback of what everyone else is doing. Like I need to do what that person is doing or I compare. And we always say on this podcast, don't prepare, don't compare, but it is very difficult. And what Abdi is saying is like, hey, I'm not going to do what everyone else is doing necessarily. Like I'm going to look at my own training, my own needs and this race That's what I love, too, is that for the Olympic trials, he's like, I'm going to do what I can do to know that I'm going to set myself up for the best race possible. This is it's a really interesting. So you can take anything to an extreme and it's probably a bad thing. And then somewhere in the middle is usually the right place to be. But I think Abdi's onto something here where especially in competitive running, it might be better to be closer to an extreme here, which is to say it's probably better to focus even more on myself than on anyone else. Um, That probably serves me better long-term, which clearly long-term matters here because he can tell us what it takes to be long-term successful. And that whole idea clearly was present in his entire life and career with running. And, you know, from the first day where he's just doing, he's just doing his thing when he shows up to start practicing and, you know, picking it up. And then even like at the NCAA level, and he mentions like everyone's doing this and everyone's doing that. And there, he was talking about like going to the training room and ice and cold, hot and cold, you know, before runs and um, getting the massages and all of that. And he's like, yeah, but I just didn't, I didn't worry about that. Like I just listened to my body and did what my body needed. Mm-hmm. And that's profound. But what does it take and how do we get there? It's not a simple question. And so, you know, we have to really try because he's talking about like when Andy asked him, you know, how, how'd you get to be so in tune with your body? He's like, I've been doing this forever. I've been doing this for <laughs> decades. Um, and, but we and need to true. allow it to inform us. Yeah. So whatever our past has been, whatever we're dealing with now, we need to let our experience inform us like Abdi does. Oh, certainly. And, and this is where it is valuable to still pay attention to others because we don't have to learn every lesson the hard way with these kinds of things. We can learn these lessons from the experiences of others. So, you know, we look at people like Abdi and we try to draw from their experiences, which is why we have guests on the show to begin with. I'll give you one simple example with this, which is just in my own running lately. I've been trying to, I've realized very, very suddenly in the last couple of months that I have, my attention has almost completely left my own sense of self as I'm running and been just completely on the data and on outside feedback, Um, whether it's like Strava and getting the, you know, the comments or the likes, or really it's just more like seeing what's happening and trying to create a meta data thing in my mind about all of it and realize that I'm just not really paying attention to how I'm feeling while I'm running and trying to get to that that great place where it feels right. It's a good effort. And when I'm done, I feel tired, but I, you know, I didn't just go out and kill myself. And so in the last couple of weeks, and some of you have noticed this because you've been commenting with me on Strava and such, I've been posting runs still, but I'm not using my watch at all anymore. I'm just looking at what time of day it is. I go and I start my run. And then when I get done, I look at what time of day it is again. And I guess as to about how far I ran, because some of these loops, I do know how far I'm running. Most of them, 
I don't know exactly. It's somewhere in the vicinity of eight miles or he 12 He did get miles. kind of excited today, though, when he had a good longer, and he's like, I need to see if this is, like, right. Well, no, so what I did was I thought to myself, I think I might have overdone it on the run, and then the data matters because then I do need that feedback to say, okay, I, maybe I went a little too hard. I didn't have my heart rate monitor going, so I don't know exactly the, you know, the objective effort output, but I know that the pace was faster than it probably should have been in my current fitness for a long run. And so that that's why I looked it up because I wanted to find out for sure because that's going to inform now next time I do this, I'm going to ease off quite a bit more and just let it be more natural. Well, if you are as excited as we are to follow Avdi to his fifth Olympic Games, make sure you follow him. We will link to all of that in adzrunning.com slash episode 42.